6, 10 through 13, and some of you probably know it. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of what? His might. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against. That's another. We stand against him. We resist him. We stand against the wiles of the devil, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We go in the power of his might. The answer that we have when Satan tries to destroy us is truth. Tell Satan truth. We battle. That's one of the battles. That's one of the weapons of our battle is truth. When Satan came to Jesus and wanted him to serve him, what did, what did Jesus use? He said, it is written. He used the word of God. And Satan was defeated. <clears throat> um, our armor is, you know, I could go into Ephesians, go on, our righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith that can quench the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the prayer, spirit and prayer, praying always. Those are the weapons that we have. Satan always attacks relationships. We see it on the mission field. We see it at work. We see it everywhere there's relationships. Everywhere there's relationships, Satan tries to destroy it. <clears throat> but his most successful place to ruin has been in marriage. The first marriage he tried. He went to the woman. Today, wives, if Satan tells you, if he tells you something, be ready to resist him. You know, he never comes openly. I told the people in Honduras, and they get, they get a simple illustration. I said, if there was a knock at your door, and you went there, and uh, there was an, you know, Satan comes as an angel of light. I said, there was a pretty, a, a nice person that looked like an angel, and he said, and he'd say, uh, hello, I'm Satan, and I'm here to destroy your marriage. May I come in? And I said, you know what you'd say? You'd say, biasy, get out of here. I don't want nothing. But he doesn't come that way. He comes and whispers in your ear. You know, your husband is not what you thought he was. Or your wife is letting you down. That's how he comes. Resist him. <clears throat> uh, in marriage, we must plant seeds and pull weeds and not let snakes talk to us. That's a phrase I... I heard somewhere and we must break strongholds he said he, this guy said women if a snake wants to talk to you don't listen to him cut his head off that's what you need to do get rid of the snake <clears throat> your spouse is never the enemy your satan will try to use your spouse but he is the enemy you know when peter told jesus god forbid that you go to the cross Jesus turned right around and he rebuked him. Did he say, get thee behind me, Peter? Is that what he said? Nobody knows. 
You're welcome to say. I know that most of you probably know. No, he said, get behind me, Satan. Peter, as Jesus knew where that was coming from. That wasn't Peter. That was Satan using Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. How do we fight spiritual warfare? In the power of his might. We must be prepared ourselves. In Matthew 7, Jesus said that if we see a a speck in our brother's eye and we want to remove it, we have to be prepared. We can't go there with a big beam in our eye and expect that we're going to pull a speck out of our brother's eye. You know, many wives and many husbands want to do that to each other. They want to they want to pull the speck out and they have a they have a beam. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, another scripture. First Peter three verse seven says, Likewise ye husbands. Now this is telling husbands and wives how to how to prepare, how to how to function to where Satan can't get a foothold in your in your uh, relationship. Dwell with them. It's helping husbands. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life so that your prayers are not hindered. We don't want our prayers hindered. We want them to be powerful. But we have to have a good, solid relationship in order for that... uh, for that, in order for that to happen. I'm uh, going to skip over some here. The story of David, King David. You know, he battled a giant. But David was not sent on the battlefield to fight a giant. Did you know that? He was sent by his dad to go onto the mission field and encourage his brothers. They were there as soldiers. Well, David got there, and here was this big giant. He called him an uncircumcised Philistine. He said, why is nobody dealing with this guy? Well, they were all scared. They were all scared to do anything. Because, see, they looked, they compared the giant, they, they compared Goliath power with their own strength. But David was completely different. David went and he said, well, I'll, go get, I'll deal with him. I'm going to kill him. And uh, his brothers were angry. They said, you little fellow, what are you doing here? You just came to see the battle. And you know, David could have said, what battle? There's no battle going on. You're all scared to fight. There's no battle. You know, if he would have... But David didn't respond that way at all. If he would have, you know what would have happened? There would have been a battle between brother and brother. And David would have ended up using all his stones on his brother and wouldn't have had any for Goliath. Now just take that. That is often what happens. God sends somebody to help you, to encourage you. And if you're not in the right frame, you're going to resist the very thing that would help you, that's what the brothers did. They said, you're not able to. Well, you know the story. The giant, Goliath, he just laughed at David. What, what are you doing? What, do you think I'm a dog? He said, that you're going to come out here and fight me? There's a whole lot more to it. But, but the point is that I wanted to say, 
David did not battle his brothers. He saved his strength and his stones to fight the real enemy. And, uh, and he did. He said, <clears throat> uh, David told the Goliath, Goliath cursed at David and told him what he would do with him. But David said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, all earthly weapons. You come, you come against me with that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he told him what would happen. All earth will know that there is a God of Israel. And that's exactly what happened. The giant was defeated because David went in the power of the Lord. <clears throat> the best defense against Satan's tactic is a strong husband and wife relationship. Uh, Satan loves when there's a blame game. God always gives grace to the humble, and he always resists the proud. If you go in humility concerning your own strength, but you go in his strength, God is going to... Um, God is going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the victory. Now I'm going to change just a little bit. That's most of my message there. I said, you know, it's, it's they like about a 30, not more than 40-minute message there and going through an interpreter. He, the interpreter is speaking half of the time, so you only got half as much. I have to make my message at 15 or 20 minutes. Because the interpreter uses the other 15 or 20 minutes. So you have to be really prepared. I have a few more. <clears throat> I just continued on here. I'm going to tell you some areas that I think I have learned that will strengthen your marriage and prepare you for the battle. It'll make you strong soldiers. My wife and I have been married almost 50 years, just a couple months short. And one thing that I would say that being married this long has given me somewhat of a status. I consider myself an expert. Now, before you throw me out, let me finish. That's not a comma. That's, I mean, that's not a period. It's a comma. I consider myself an expert on what not to do. Because I have made so many mistakes and I've done so many wrong that I think I'm pretty good at being able to tell you how not to do. That's where I consider myself an expert. <clears throat> so what would I tell you to do different? What advice would I have? And you know what? I look over this group and there are so many young married people in fact, I guess they're all young, except my wife and I. But there's young people who are just married. There's young people who are not married, probably thinking about it. I love your attitudes. A couple months ago or so when I preached here on the joy of giving, you know, you young people are the ones that came to me. Well... Not, not just you, but I was very blessed with the young people that came and wanted to tell, talk to me about it. And, and they, they wanted to hear this. They wanted to hear what, what I had to say. 
And, and it's, it, it's very humbling when, as John prayed, you know, that we have, we, we should have wisdom. I'm not sure that we always do when we're older, but we always have more experience than the younger ones. So we can share. I want to share with you, especially you young people who have only started marriage or not even started, listen up. There's a lot of good things. This is a small list, just a few things I've thought about that I'd like to, I'd like to help you to prepare. Well, that's the first thing. Prepare for marriage. Have a realistic expectation of marriage. A word of wisdom. I, give, I have a few of these. High expectation but low preparation equals much frustration. You know, if you have a high expectation but you don't prepare, you're going to have a lot of frustration. There's a lot of ways to prepare. There's a lot of resources to prepare for marriage. I would always encourage someone to get some counseling before marriage because uh, when you're married, there's so many adjustments that you don't think of before you're married that you would do very well to go to DK and Linda or whoever, but that'd be my first choice and just tell them, give us some advice. For, to start our married life. Prepare. Uh, prepare for marriage. Never, and I'll say this again and again, never fight each other, but fight together. Resist, stand against. Someone said, I think I said this earlier, a marriage is like a garden. You plant seeds and you pull weeds all marriages have a snake. Don't listen to a snake. Get rid of the snake in your marriage. Like David did with Goliath. You know, I, like I said, he didn't go to fight Goliath. But he fought Goliath because nobody else would. And, and he, he did his brother's job. <clears throat> um, Don't use your stones on each other. Don't ever use your stones. On you're going to need them for the giants. And uh, <clears throat> number two, you don't marry your spouse so that you can change your spouse. Our, our, our um, part in marriage is to obey God, not to change our spouse. And I know that's very tempting. <clears throat> God says, husbands, love your wives. How, what does that mean? Maybe next Sunday is Father's Day. Maybe we'll hear a message on husbands' duties to love their wives that's a whole message in itself. And wives are to respect uh, their husbands. The wife must feel loved. And the husband must feel respected. Actually, the Bible says reverence. It says, uh, wives, 
See that you reverence your husbands. But husbands, love your wives. And reverence, I think I said it before here, that is just honor and respect on steroids. It's just, it's just a higher level of honor and re- respect. <clears throat> so that is what a husband wants. That is what a wife wants. And that takes, what's the right word? You cannot be satisfied that I love my wife. And she should know it. She needs to feel it. You know, I said that about myself. I grew up in a home that didn't have much love expressed. And I have had a hard time sometimes really feeling God's love. Every time I have told God I'd like to feel his love, you know what happened? He did something to show me or to let me feel his love. It makes you feel so, so humble that God does that. Husbands, you need to make sure that your, <clears throat> uh, your wife feels loved. And that's things, how do I know these things? Because I made the mistakes. I made so many mistakes. But I have learned some in 50 years. Uh, Many a wife would tell her husband, you're not listening. I want you to hear my heart. No, you know what we're doing? We're listening in order to answer as soon as she's done talking. And, and that's, not, that's not what she wants. Don't try to fix the others. We can't even fix ourselves without the Holy Spirit's power. How could we fix our spouse? Let the Holy Spirit fix our, your, first yourself, but then also your spouse. <clears throat> you remember I said that a marriage is like a garden. What do you do when a plant is not growing fast enough? Do you go out there and pull on it a little bit to try and make it grow a little faster? You know, you do all kinds of damage if you do that. Those tiny little roots will all tear. And you might not see it, but you've done a lot of damage. No. If, if, if you have a problem with your spouse, you water them and you nurture them. And then they start growing. You feed them, nurture, water. That, that works. Trying to make them grow won't work. Another one is learn the difference between falling in love and walking in love. You know, you hear a lot about people falling in love. I never found that phrase in the Bible, but I have found... Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We walk in love. Now, I'm not going to say there's no such thing as falling in love um, because you can be attracted to each other. And... Um, but I, I just thought about it, and then I wrote this down. Falling in love is like falling out of an airplane. 
it's really great while you're still falling, but the sudden ending can be really painful. You know, love at first sight is often gone at the first slight. Love, falling in love is all about, mostly about infatuation, where true love is more a commitment. Look at love as a devotion more than a and an emotion. Emotions go up and down. But if you walk in love, you just continue. You keep on going. <clears throat> I don't know. Am I making sense? Uh, these are areas that will give you a strong marriage that is ready for the battles that will come. <clears throat> Learn to enjoy your differences. There will be many. You know, opposites attract. And so you're going to have differences. But if it's all about infatuation, that's soon going to be gone. You're going to all at once, those, those differences that you like, all at once they irritate. Um, another word of wisdom. Op- opposites attract and then they attack. You know, but learn to enjoy your differences. My wife has many strong areas that I lack. She competes. No, she doesn't compete. A godly woman completes her husband. A godly wife completes her husband. A worldly woman competes with her husband. That's a phrase I think came from Debbie Pearl's book or something somewhere. It wasn't mine. And another one, Never quit dating your wife. Never quit. You know, to my shame, uh, it was years. I think we probably had all five of our children before I first bought my wife flowers. It was earth-shattering for her and the children. I had never done this before. You know, the culture I grew up with would have never done that. You bought your wife flowers. What a waste of money. They're just going to wilt in a couple days. You know, we didn't think further than just... And and I know what it did to her. Uh, I wanted to do it again. Two weeks ago, my wife had a, a pretty milestone birthday. And... At our age, there's not much we need. There's not much that we need if you want to get a, get a birthday present. But I knew she would love flowers. And I was in San Pedro Sula the day before, and I told the ones that were with me, one thing I want to go to, I want to go where they sell flowers. And I went in there, and I told the lady, I said, look, this is for a very special lady. She's turning 70 tomorrow. And I want the best arrangement that you can make me. And she did. And she charged me according, I believe. She, she uh, realized that I'm not the same color as her. But it was money well spent. You know, we took them along to church the next day. And everybody got to enjoy. And I told the church, you know, my wife is worth more than any amount of flowers I can give her, but it's a little token. And you know, 
if you take her out to her favorite restaurant or whatever, continue, continue the, 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 find, yes, continue the courtship. Pursue her, but more important, pursue her interests. Learn what her love language is and go for it. Now, that's, I'm still learning some of those things. But it is very important that you find out what really pleases your wife. And I remember reading about this person at a marriage seminar. He said, my wife and I, had, had, we are so different. He said, we are so absolutely different. Our la- love languages are so different. And then the wife said, no, the husband said, my wife was working one Saturday. She worked all day. So I went and I cleaned the whole house from bottom to top. Everything was spotless. I even went to her workplace and got her car and took it and cleaned it. Everything, everything was clean. And what did his wife do? She never noticed. She came home and said, Honey, I'd like to go for a walk. He said, go for a walk. He said, I'm tired. I worked all day. You know, he had done what he wanted her to do. He had presented her with his love language. It wasn't her love language. Hers was to go for a walk and have a good talk. And He said he was extremely hurt because she didn't notice. But they learned. He didn't do that again. I mean, he, he, a clean house is important. But he said, that's not what makes my wife happy. So <clears throat> uh, those are areas you will strengthen your marriage. You will prepare for the battle when you are one, when you are together. Be realistic. Today, people distort reality. You know, do you ever see... Pictures on Instagram or Facebook of, uh, of the spouse that, and they say how great the marriage is. I've seen some already and I thought, really? I thought they were having some real issues. But they make it appear. You can make, you can put the best picture on. And it's good to, to it's good to encourage, but be realistic. You know, it's, uh, it's better to be realistic. <clears throat> Many a wife will say, my husband is not very spiritual. How can I change him? (laughs) That's the wrong strategy. You don't change your husband and you don't change your wife. That's the wrong strategy. You know what you do? Not so much to the rest of the world, but um, wives, you're to honor your husband. Honor him a bit above what he actually deserves or has reached. Honor him just a little higher than you think he deserves. And you know what? He's liable to rise to that occasion. And if you put him down, he'll lower to that expectation. He'll become a wimp. You know, a Jezebel spirit in a marriage will never make a husband rise. It'll put him down. He'll become a wimp. He can't, he can't function. He'll be impotent. <clears throat> but just honor him. 
See, the Bible says you'll never find where a wife is supposed to change her husband or a husband to change her wife. She's to honor him and he's to love her. Stick with what the Bible says and you're going to get good results. Amen? Boy, you're a quiet bunch. (laughs) Anyway, uh, there's a lot more. I'm not going to go to much more. To fight spiritual warfare, we must do this. Now, I got this from somebody else, and I totally agree. We must affirm the person, but attack the problem. And so many times, we attack the person and affirm the problem. Affirm just means, I have it written down somewhere, Uh, it means to give spiritual encouragement and something else. That is affirm. If you want to fight a spiritual battle, you must affirm the person and fight the battle. I mean, fight the problem. You cannot fight the person and affirm the problem. <clears throat> it's always Satan. Resist Satan, not don't resist your spouse. We are to be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, is seeking to destroy. Let me give you an example. This gets maybe just a little bit uh, touchy. I hope you understand me. God made intimacy in marriage. And it is for our pleasure, enjoyment. It was good. God made it, and it is good. But Satan will get involved in that too. Um, And he's never... God does everything for our good. Satan does everything to destroy us. Let me just give you the example. Intimacy is very good, but there is tremendous pressure before marriage to engage in intimacy. At least it used to be when I was young. I don't think it changed any. There's tremendous pressure. Where does that come from? It comes from Satan because he wants to destroy. God says don't, then Satan says do. That's as simple as you can make it. As soon as you're married, Satan turns the thing completely around and now he tries to prevent it because he knows that that is an important part of marriage. That's a glue that helps keep the marriage together. A husband and wife, intimate life helps. And so Satan says, don't. And he tries to destroy. It's just the type of enemy that we face. To offer someone emotional support or encouragement. That is what the dictionary says affirm is. To offer someone emotional support and encouragement. We must give emotional support and encouragement to instead of it's the right word. Let me go on here. I think I'll get to... If a spouse... Yes. If a spouse is caught in a trap, an addiction, attack the problem. You know, 
And again, this may be a little touchy, but if a husband and wife team can work together, you can defeat Satan in this. But it takes, you have to be very careful that you attack the problem and not the person. If one falls into an an addiction, and it can be, you know, it can be porn, it can be whatever it is. The first thing that that the other one wants to do is blame him. Try to, um, and, and I know that it's very common to try to blame Satan. The devil made me do it. I don't take responsibility. Yes, we do take some responsibility. J, uh, John, I mean, uh, in James, it says, uh, I know I have it written here somewhere, but it says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That's true. But it also says in uh, Galatians 6, verse 1, he said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, knowing that we ourselves can be tempted. That is how we help our brother, our sister. We restore. We restore. That was one of my messages in Honduras, is restoring the fallen. Because they had people, and they don't know how to do it. We restore the fallen. We we. We do it God's way. And it's only those that are spiritual. If you cannot affirm the person and attack the problem, you're not spiritual enough to help somebody in this. Become spiritual because you have to see beyond the hurt. A spouse might hurt the other spouse, and they will in these things. But if they can just see beyond and I want to restore. Uh, beautiful things happen. I could tell you stories of disasters that were turned into beauty because that was take, that was done. <clears throat> you know, I don't know about this, but I do believe we can say that Satan made me do it. You know, does Satan enter into us at times? Do we give him an open door to where Satan, you know, in John uh, thirteen twenty seven, it says that when Jesus and his disciples at the last supper, it's, they were eating that supper and said, then Satan entered into Judas. Does that happen today? I'd be, I would tend to say it does. I don't think that was a one-time thing. I think Satan will enter into us. And when that happens, We have to open a door for that to happen. He won't get in without an open door. But we make mistakes, you know. We do. We should always keep the door shut. Of course we should. But take the attitude that Jesus did when he said, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. You know, if we are so good that we've never done something like that, then no, we probably won't have to restore anybody. Anyway, it's time to, about time to quit. So um, I'm going to, prayer is essential to spiritual warfare. One of the weapons is praying always. 
Pray to cut ties. Pray to break down strongholds. Pray to cut off all Satan's connections. And do it together. You will have power. Remember, the very best defense against Satan's attack is a strong husband and wife relationship. There's nothing better to to, uh, turn away uh, Satan's attack in a marriage than if your relationship is strong. He'll try, but he will not be able to destroy it. Romans 8, 35, 39. Uh, I'm not even going to turn to it, but it talks about who can separate us from the love of God. Can this, can that, can that? No, they can't. Not the love that is in Christ Jesus. Those things cannot separate us. Then it says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I think that's how it's worded. We are more than conquerors. Now that would be golden words to a soldier. You know, they're fighting to be a conqueror. How can you be more than a conqueror in a battle? I think the thing is, when we conquer on somebody else's fight or battles won, when we are conquerors, when we get to to enjoy the victory where someone else fought and won the battle. That's when we're more than conquerors. We're not conquerors, but we get to enjoy the victory of what Jesus conquered in our lives. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for your loving kindness, your mercy. God, thank you for how you have blessed many marriages. I don't believe the marriages here are in the shape they are in Honduras, but Satan does attack. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And I pray that we would be, we would be watchful, that we would be vigilant. Make the husbands, Lord, rulers by servanthood. Let us, all, let us men understand that we are called to lead but we lead by being a servant. And so Satan is destroyed, not the marriage, when we go in the power of of his might, when we go in the power of God's might, not our strength, but your strength, O Lord. Bless this church, bless this body, bless these young marriages, Lord, who are starting out, Give them the weapons that they can be strong in the power of his might. Do it, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for what you have done here. You have blessed, and you continue to do that. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.